and welcome to She Thinks, a podcast where you're allowed to think for yourself. I'm your host, Beverly Hallberg, and on today's episode, we ask the ever-important question, can Taylor Swift sway the 2024 elections? We're going to look at the youth vote, what issues did they care about, and how are they leaning politically? And if Taylor Swift does endorse a specific candidate, what could the ripple effect be, not only for the presidential race, but for the down ballot as well? We have a wonderful guest to talk about all of this. Will Witt joins us. He is the editor-in-chief of the Florida Standard and a former PragerU personality. As PragerU's first in-house personality, he hosted the show Man on the Street from 2018 to 2022 and amassed more than 700 million online views. In just a few years, he has become a national best-selling author and a popular international speaker. Will, a pleasure to have you on She Thinks today. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. Well, I think before we jump into talking about Taylor Swift, it's important for our audience to know, first and foremost, are you a Swifty? No, I really don't care about Taylor Swift at all. I don't really care about any celebrities at all. So Taylor Swift is just one of the other elite people who I care nothing about, really. Got it. So you're a good person to bring on because you don't have already a vested interest in this. You can be a neutral bystander looking at all of this. Now, one of the things that we do know is that her tour has boosted the economy. She's extremely popular, to put it mildly. The question is, is how does she impact impact politics? What do you think, first of all, her appeal is, especially when people are thinking about the political lane? Well, the appeal is, is that young people in this country right now don't have any role models. So especially this goes for young men, especially where they don't have someone to really look up to. Who are they supposed to look up to? The the politicians, the people in the music industry, celebrities, actors, like these types of people, they don't have really anyone they can look up to. And many of the churches are now completely scandalized or are not teaching the, the true gospel. And so these people don't have anyone to really look up to. So then what do they do? They find someone in popular culture, the popular lexicon to look up to. And for young women, one of those people is Taylor Swift. They find Taylor Swift as one of these people that they can um, uh, familiarize familiarize themselves with and adapt with and say, okay, this person's kind of like me. Uh, They're a normal looking girl and they want these wants with boys and singing and all this kind of stuff. And so they can relate to this type of person. In reality, it's not really the role model that they should be following. And so there's a big I guess, drive there for people to find some sort of role model, but they don't have it. And so that's where people like Taylor Swift come in. And so when there is this type of role model, typically how enticing it is it for somebody who, let's say, is voting for the first time, because there are a lot of first time voters going to be voting in this presidential election. How likely is it for them to look at somebody like a Taylor Swift if that person happens to make an endorsement? I think for women, it's very important. I don't think it'll be so important for men. I think if myself or any of the people who are around my age and heard Taylor Swift is endorsing Joe Biden, even if they like Taylor Swift music per se, they wouldn't do anything about it. But I think for young women, it's definitely something that pushes. But I would say that a lot of Taylor Swift fans, you know, you do have a lot of the older ones who are above the age of 18, but you would hope that they would be mature enough to be able to make their own decisions that aren't totally based off what a celebrity is telling them to do. But I would say that a lot of the people who are the very highly impressionable people are the Gen Z people. But uh, fortunately for us, they won't be voting actually in the next election. 
Well, something that will be interesting is if she does say anything, just to give some data points on who her fan base is. So when it comes to politics, 55% are identified as Democrats, 23% as Republicans, and 23% as Independents. So she does have, obviously, more Democrats, but a wide range of people with political um, ideas. I would assume that, especially somebody in her camp who hasn't always been political, it was really in, well, let's see, late 2018, where she decided to endorse the Democrat candidate who is running against Marsha Blackburn in her home state of Tennessee, that that's when she became really vocal about her political intentions. It, it seems like it is a tenuous thing for perhaps her to step in since she does have people who have different political viewpoints. Do you think because of that, she may stay away from endorsing anyone altogether? No, I don't think so. I think many of these celebrities are incredibly arrogant and and believe that they are the center of the atten center of attention all the time. So them going and endorsing someone and making some big stink about their you know moral superiority because I endorse Joe Biden over Donald Trump, yada yada yada. It's something that'll make them feel good about themselves to to do what they're doing to fight the good fight. You know, as many of these people say. So I, I don't see any reason why she wouldn't do it. You know, maybe to not cause controversy. But a lot of these celebrities also know that causing controversy is the way that you get into the spotlight. I think Taylor Swift knows that right now with all the things that are going on and celebrities know that you cause drama, you cause a ruckus, you get on the, the cover of People Magazine or on E! News and everyone's talking about you because there's some sort of controversy. Well, then you're going to get even more and more famous. And that's what these people want really at the end of the day. I think most of them, um, it, it's a very narcissistic type of personality. I'm not coming here and saying, you know, Taylor Swift is this horrible narcissistic person. I don't know her in this, but I do know that celebrity culture works this way. And if she were to come and endorse someone, it seems like it would be very much trying to show people how good of a person she is by the person who she endorses. And one more question about Taylor Swift before we move on to just the, the campaign in general and what young people care about as far as issues. There's been a lot of talk, of course, about her relationship with Travis Kelsey, the tight end for the Kansas City Chiefs. Even some conservatives coming out and saying this should be applauded as far as them talking about a serious relationship, talk about engagement, potentially marriage. Do you think that's something that young young people should look up to this relationship? No, I, that that's pretty foolish, in my opinion, to think of that. I mean, you're thinking of some celebrity relationship and then trying to base your your life on it. I mean, two famous people. You, you see the things that these people are that they do in in Hollywood and the music industry and stuff. These are not people who you should be looking up to. There should again be better role models for young women and young men to look up to and say, okay, I want to model my life off of someone like this because they are doing things that are bringing them closer to God. Uh, restoring the family. They don't care about celebrity vapid nonsense. They don't care about being in the spotlight. They don't care about useless things. They care about good things. But again, we don't have role models like that. If, if, if you are getting your, your uh, I guess, admiration and, and looking up to someone in the spotlight who's just getting married and or getting engaged and all these kind of things, saying that's the person I want to follow just because they're doing this, it really shows how on the back foot and how weak of a culture we have right now. But is there a place, though, to, to look at this relationship and say, look, if they do get married, that at least is encouraging marriage for people to say, hey, this is a good thing. Um, people should be looking for marriage and not just cohabitating. Are there some of those lessons you think we can take? I mean, sure, you can take those there. But I mean, when you look at Hollywood culture, these relationships nearly almost never last. And they're put together in certain things to, you know, again, bring more controversy, bring more people talking about them. They do it for publicity stunts. Many of these people getting together and getting married. Again, I don't know exactly what their relationship is. 
I don't really care, to be honest, about you know what these people are doing and and if they're getting married and stuff like that. I, j- I just think that there are so many better things that people should be looking at. In, in reality, people shouldn't care about Taylor Swift and, and this football player on what they're doing in their lives. The fact that we care so much shows how down we've gone as a culture. These are not the things that we should be filling our heads with and, and keeping our, our time on. Let's get into the issues that young people are following the most. I think one that's been interesting that continues to come up and a top concern for young people is the age of President Biden, the age of Donald Trump. How big of a factor is age playing a role in how young people are planning to vote? I definitely think the age of Joe Biden is is something that a lot of people think. I mean, you talk to normal Democrats or leftists on the street, which I went and did for a very long time talking to thousands of people on the street for PragerU. And these people are not head over heels over Joe Biden. You know, these 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 Democrats and, and Marxists and, and communists on campus, when I would talk to them, they didn't really like Joe Biden all that much. They didn't really care about him. They thought he was old. They thought he wasn't really doing all these things for progressive values. The thing that we really need to be fighting against as conservatives are the 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 influx of these just Marxist values, the things that these young people are pushing with the trans agenda, with, with the LGBT agenda, with the, the Black Lives Matter and the climate change, these types of things. That's what we have to be pushing on more because I don't think that there are many people who are actually excited about Joe Biden. They just see him as, I guess, an alternative to Trump. And do you think that there comes a point, especially as I think we can see that his mental acuity is declining very rapidly these days, do you think it's likely somebody's going to come in and take a spot, whether that's Gavin Newsom? Of course, there's been the the rumors about Michelle Obama. There's always Kamala Harris. What are your thoughts on whether or not he will be the eventual Democrat nominee? Yeah, I mean, I made a video over over a year ago now about Michelle Obama coming in, this was about a year and a half ago, actually, about the Republicans destroying each other, which I was correct about that. The the DeSantis versus Trump and everything, the Republicans totally went after each other, went for each other's throats and made it so that conservatives cannot really unite. And then I said, Michelle Obama is going to come in and sweep up. Now, I don't know exactly if she's going to come in yet, but she is a household name with millions and millions of dollars. She's a black woman. She fits all of the the, the the boxes for exactly what the Democrats want. I mean, she seems to be, everyone loved Obama, you know, at least on the progressive side. It doesn't seem very unlikely that she would be the one to come in. And Gavin Newsom, I mean, he's he's a snake. I don't think people really like Gavin Newsom that much, even on the Democrat side. People in California are leaving in droves, understanding what the, the reason is. California policies are turning people into conservatives in California. So I think it would have to be Michelle Obama if Joe Biden wasn't going to be the one. I mean, it's not even a, it's not something that's even up for debate. I mean, Joe Biden is not running the show. There are other people in the bureaucracy in Washington who are pulling all the strings and, and Joe Biden is just a figurehead, you know, and those people want to stay in power and continue to do what they do. So maybe they would push Joe Biden again just for that reason. Well, what's interesting is you talk about what young people care about. It's a lot of these social issues, like transgender issues, things like that. But what we hear President Biden campaigning on, he has an anti-Trump message. That's one of the prominent messages that he has. But the other one is about preserving democracy. Do either of these resonate very much with young people? When I would go and interview young people on campus and on the street in LA and all these things, and they would always talk about preserving democracy and saying democracy was under attack and democracy because of Trump is no longer a thing and your vote's not going to matter and women aren't going to be able to vote, gays aren't going to be able to vote, blacks can't vote. So I think that is something that is relevant, but it's just incredibly stupid. I mean, it's not something that is at all up for 
any sort of change because Trump would be president. In all, excuse me, in all actuality, the only reason why something like this would change is if the deep state continues to have more and more power over us, which it already seems in a lot of ways like we are not living in a democracy. We are living in an oligarchy. Yet these people like Joe Biden will come and tell you, well, the reason why these things or the other people, the other Democrats and the leftists and the rhino Republicans, they'll come and tell you whether the reason why we're losing democracy is because of people like Donald Trump, because of these hardline conservative people, because of people doing America first. And then they say, well, now you see your rights are being taken away. That's because of these people. But that's not really the reason why it is. It is the the massive bureaucracy, how the corporations work directly with the government, big pharma, big media, big entertainment, big food, all these massive entities working directly with the government to turn the American people into slaves. And so because of that, you know, they can always talk about preserving democracy, and that's so important. That's exactly what we want to do, but they don't really understand what it means, and they don't understand the root cause. And if you don't understand that, then it really just falls on deaf ears. Well, what's funny is when you look at some polling asking both Republicans and Democrats how concerned they are about the state of democracy, both parties, people who um, are of both parties show concern, but they're concerned about the different things. <laughs> so yeah. you, you, there is the concerns that you just mentioned there um, that Republicans often have, which is just big government, deep state, all of that. And you look at Democrats and they think of voter ID and Donald Trump in January 6th. And so it's very interesting that people come on completely different sides of it, even though both of them may resonate with that term itself. But for young people, we hear what I've wondered, especially as Donald Trump is talking about this a lot, of course, the border and he talks about the economy. How are those issues resonating with young people? Definitely, I think the I don't know, it's hard to say the economy because a lot of the time these people don't really know any better. A lot of young people like if you're a Gen Z kid and you're just graduating from college now and you're going into the corporate world or anything, you've never really known what it was good like before. You know, you never knew that that in 30 years ago, you could have just the husband work and provide for a family on one single income and have a good life. You know, they didn't know these kind of things. So they're stepping into this world that is just the world that they live in. So I think they think that things are too expensive, but in a lot of ways, the young generation isn't trying to actually make them better. They're expecting someone else to make it better for them, but they're not actually doing anything to help themselves. They kind of just think, okay, this is the way that it is. I'm going to continue to spend all my disposable income on nonsensical things and not save my money and not get into serious relationships and rent forever and, and again, become a slave to the, to the system, to the culture that these people want you to. So I think it's a big issue, but I don't know if they totally understand it in the context of, of what this country actually has been in the past. It's easy to forget how great of a country this was when this whole country and the way you look at it, it no longer feels like America. It's like the old paradox of Theseus's ship. You know, if you have this ship that is given to Theseus and then eventually all the boards are taken out and the, the galleys taken out and the, the mast and the, the sails and all these things and they're all changed, is it still the same ship? Is it still Theseus's ship or is it a different ship entirely? And that's what we have in America today, where you have this country that we all live in. It's the same land, the same ground, but all of the fundamental things that the founding fathers envisioned for this country are no longer there. It is, it is in, in so many ways almost unrecognizable. From even just, I'm 27 years old, even from just 15 years ago when I was growing up as a kid, like Colorado, where I grew up, it was a good place to live. Denver, Colorado was a great place to live and around my town. And now look at it. I mean, it's, it's California 2.0. It's destroyed. It's a technocratic uh, elitist hellhole full of homeless people. I, it's, it's terrible. It's terrible. 
and it just changed so fast. And so I don't know if we still have the America. I'm sorry, I'm going on a little bit of a tangent no, you're here fine. on what we were talking about. But <laughs> I think that I think that the economy is important for young people, and uh, the border is not so important for young people. That's definitely true. I don't think that you go to ask some college kid; they're not they're not going to know anything. Yeah. They're at one of these insulated universities or or public schools, you know, or private schools, whatever that especially the progressive ones, you know, it's usually the rich progressives who don't care about these things. And they're at one of these schools and, you know, illegal immigration doesn't affect them in, in any sort of meaningful way. But I mean, I guess if you were to go and ask some young people who live in El Paso or Tucson and ask them about the, the border situation, they would have a different tune, but some kid at Berkeley or something like that, they don't care. They don't care about the border. Some of the videos that I think have just been fascinating recently that often go viral, you'll have somebody in their early twenties, out of college or maybe never went to college working on their own, talking about how hard it is to live on their salary. They'll talk about how hard they're working. They're working 40 hours a week. They might tell you how much they're making. Then they'll tell you how much their rent is. And usually they're not living with another roommate, even one person, one woman recently, she talked about how she has a two bedroom apartment and this is how much it costs and how working 40 hours a week, they just don't have enough time for themselves. And of course, people love to dunk on these because at my age, I remember what it was like when I was in my early twenties, I had roommates for years. Um, I went to DC with $400 in my pocket. You just work hard and make it work. That's mm -hmm. you're expected to be poor when you're young. What does that say about the state of young people that these videos do go out? Is it, is it just something where a few people are putting these out or is this a common mentality of young people that they think 40 hours of work a week is too much, or they should be making so much if they're working that hard? There's a, there's definitely a lot that goes into this question in, in, the, in many ways to answer it. I, I think that, first of all, I think that these young people are looking at it wrong. I mean, they're, they're going in and thinking that they're very entitled and that they should they deserve this. They deserve to be able to, to watch Netflix whenever they want and be able to text and, and go on Instagram and stuff. They don't realize that work is actually something that is hard and that you have to do it. When I moved to Los Angeles, I dropped out of college, moved to Los Angeles in debt to go and work for PragerU moved into the nastiest Hollywood apartment I could find with cockroaches crawling out of the walls onto my face while I slept. You know, this is, this is what I, I lived in to be able to do what I do now. Now I have a, a very comfortable, wonderful life because of all the hard work that I did. But many young people don't want to do that. And so that's the, the first part of it. But the second part is, is that there is a system that is working to keep these people down. It is no doubt. I mean, it is, it is brave new world where it is not some some dictator who is big brother watching you and telling you that you can't do this, you can't do that. It is instead someone telling you and rewarding you by saying you should do this and you should do that. You understand it's positive reinforcement versus negative reinforcement. That is what Brave New World is different than, than like in 1984. And that's what we have in America where all the negative inclinations that people normally have, the immoral acts, the, the, the hedonism, the thing, the vices that people have, the laziness, the mediocrity, these kinds of things are heralded as good. The, the more mediocre you are in America today, the better of a person you are. The more that you're into this leftist religion, the better of a person you are. Like these, these inherent evil and, and useless things are being seen as the best things through positive reinforcement. So then when you have young people who are focusing on that and they don't know any better because no one has told them any different, then of course they're going to feel left out of the world. 
they're going to feel like something is completely wrong. You know, they, they, they can only be fooled and duped for so long by being this slave. They go to move to some urban city after some college, which is basically a daycare where they got addicted to alcohol, maybe drugs, and also slept around with anyone that they wanted to get out, move to some urban city, do the exact same thing, answer emails all day in some hideous office building watch Netflix and I and go to the same bars as everyone else. I mean, it is a, a horrible, very sad and desperate life these people live, especially when they're comparing themselves to everyone on social media and have no real relationships. I mean, so that, but, but that is all according to plan. Young people are being put into these boxes according to plan to turn them into slaves and have the next generation of America's new surf class, I guess you could say. The point is, is breaking out of that is first realizing that this whole, you know, you can't be entitled. You can't spend your money on these kind of frivolous things. You have to understand that the system is broken, but you can still overcome it. And the second part is understanding that there is a broken system that wants to keep you down and turn you into a slave. You have the power to break out of it. And this is where I think the the victim mentality, the victim culture has been so detrimental to young people to think that you are a victim instead of looking at opportunities and figuring out how can you work hard and be who you want to be and you have all those opportunities to do so. It's let's talk about all the ways that you are victimized. And so circling back to Taylor Swift, I think this is where a celebrity really can come in and be influential for for bad or for good, because these people, these young people are so impressionable because they are looking for somebody to identify with their victimhood and get them out of it. So just kind of final question for you. I just want to say with celebrities who do get into politics and tap into some of these themes, for example, Taylor Swift has sung songs about the LGBTQ community. How influential can she be in this election season, considering where young people are and where she is with her political leanings? She can definitely be influential, just like someone like in 2016, 2020. Excuse me. Think about how influential Kanye West was for so many people. I mean, growing up and listening to his music and then seeing him being so pro-Trump and all these things, people are like, oh, yeah. This is, this is great. You know, if Kanye West supports Trump, I'm going to go support Trump now, right? So, of course, celebrities can be completely influential when it comes to shifting elections. Now, I don't know if it's going to be enough to to shift it away from the Republican candidates, say shift it away from Trump to then go to Joe Biden. I don't know about that. I don't see Taylor Swift ever endorsing Donald Trump, even if she did support Donald Trump in her private life and secretly did like Donald Trump. I could never see her doing it publicly because these people are so weak and and spineless. Um, And so, but I do think that there could be a massive wave of people who are so interested in celebrity culture and these vapid things that go on in Hollywood that they take all their political leanings off of these people and don't think for themselves. So Taylor Swift could be very important, but it takes a lot of other people in people's personal lives to be more important than Taylor Swift. Your mother, your father, your grandparents, your very close friends, your pastor, your priest, whatever, these people should be more important to you than Taylor Swift. And so it is very important that if you are someone, you're not just some hermit living in a hole, but you have relationships with people around in your family, community, whatever it is, that you are trying to be a good influence and mentor on these people to help counteract the 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 insidiousness that comes out of places like Hollywood and the government and bureaucracy and corporate America and all these things. You have to be a mentor and a role model to the people who don't know exactly what to think, who just think that, oh, I'm going to believe what Taylor Swift thinks because I like her music and she must be right and such a good person. No, you have to be more important to them than Taylor Swift and influence them in the right direction. 
One of the things I think we can be certain of is the Biden campaign is trying to get Taylor Swift to endorse Joe Biden. I think we can be sure about that. that they're sure. Hoping, I'm sure they're yeah. hoping for that in endorsement. But obviously, 2024 elections, very interesting. We will see where the celebrities land on whether or not they will endorse and how influential that will be for young people. But for now, Will Witt, editor-in-chief of the Florida Standard, we so appreciate you joining us. Thank you so much. And thank you all for joining us. Before you go, IWF does want you to know that we rely on the generosity of supporters like you. And investment in IWF fuels our efforts to enhance freedom, opportunity, and well-being for all Americans. So please consider making a small donation to IWF.org by visiting IWF.org backslash donate. That's IWF.org backslash donate. Last, if you enjoyed this episode of She Thinks, do leave us a rating or review. It does help. And we love it if you shared this episode so your friends can know where they can find more She Thinks. From all of us here at IWF, thanks for watching.